Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, Wrangler jeans are for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, all price points, vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their selections of jeans, shirts, and outerwear for men and women. New styles, great fits. Wrangler, real, comfortable jeans. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, too. Go to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL for free. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Fabs. We made it through another week. Yeah, I know. This was a weird week, this too, a man. Weird and we're going to talk about it, too. Yeah. Especially the Minnesota Vikings. Thanks for nothing. I uh, yeah, I went and looked at the fantasy scoring uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and I'm like, there's some there's a lot of weirdness here, man. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, we'll get through some of that and uh, try to figure out what we know and what we don't know. But uh, before we do that, we'll go behind the other, gla- other side of the glass, easy for me to say, and uh, talk to our man, the producer of this show, Sir Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's going on? All my fantasy teams won. My pro team finally won. It's a good Monday. And you've got your Giants jersey on now. I mistook yeah. that for Tiki Barber, no, no. who is Conner. really the only 21 for the Giants. I mean, he is 21 for the Giants. No, well, it's funny Tiki. you say that because I, I think Giants fans kind of dislike him now after his comments. The minute he retired, he just started to trash the team, trash Eli, and then we won the Super Bowl without him. So he's kind of uh, like mm. in bad graces with the, with the team. Yep. So I, I wore this 21 for like the captain of our defense, Lana Collins. I still see 21 as Barber, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like people turned on on Tiki big right? time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. not liked anymore in, in New York. Tiki Barber is a pretty good fantasy running back during his career. Oh sure, I mean it's like the the career arc of Tiki, right? Because he started bad, and he was like he was like fumblicious, yes, like all the time, and then he somehow figured out his fumbling problems, and then Tom turned Coughlin. into a good running back, mm-hmm. uh, and then he you know basically burned his bridges with uh, big with, with mm-hmm. Big Blue Nation. So, you know, who knows? Uh, Plenty to talk about. A lot of big news headlines. Plus, it's week four. We're heading into week four. We're done with week three. 
We said last week that this is the week we kind of figure some things out. So we'll talk about the things that we're pretty sure we know, the things that we think we know, and the things that we still really have no idea about. Plus, uh, we'll take we'll talk waiver wire, and we will uh, look at some of your tweets as well, uh, some of the things you did wrong and wish you had a, a do-over about. But first, let's do some news. <laughs> Let's do the news. couple of big quarterback headlines on this uh, NFL Monday. First in San Francisco, bad news for the 49ers. The Niners fear Jimmy Garoppolo has suffered an ACL injury. He was scrambling late in their loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you were watching it, you saw his knee buckle. He took a wicked shot at the end of the play. But mm-hmm. uh, it appears that the knee kind of buckled before he took the hit. And was taken off on a cart, looked very distraught. And the, uh, the thought is it is an ACL, which means he would be done for the year. This is after, uh, obviously, the Niners losing Jarek McKinnon to a knee injury for the season. Uh, so an offense that, you know, in the spring and summer had a lot of promise and had us all excited. Fabs, it's, it's falling apart now. Yeah, man, that was rough because he was on his way to a big game. It already scored right around 22 fantasy points against the Chiefs. Swiss cheese defense. And unfortunately, now you're looking at C.J. Beathard and C.J. Beathard is a major step down from Jimmy Garoppolo. That's obvious. But it also affects everyone in that passing game. Marquise Goodwin, what did we like about him? What he did last season when Jimmy Garoppolo became the quarterback. Now he's going to be catching passes from Beathard. And if you look at the numbers from last season in the games they played together, Marquise Goodwin averaged five targets, two catches, 55 yards a game. Not good. Only had one touchdown. So you're downgrading Goodwin to a point. You're also going to be downgrading George Kittle because Garoppolo loved throwing him the football. I still think he'll be involved in the offense, especially with Beathard, maybe sort of a security blanket. Any other wide receivers in San Francisco worth owning at this point? Maybe Pierre Garcon as a bench. Maybe Dante Pettis no longer really uh, rosterable, the running back situation. And now you would think Kyle Shanahan's got to lean on the duo of Alfred Morris and Matt Burita. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm going up and I'm, I'm going on next-gen stats as we're talking about this, and I'm pulling up some of C.J. Beathard's passing charts from last year uh, when he got a lot of starts for this offense. And the first thing you notice is not a lot of downfield throws, mm-hmm. not a lot of shots uh, down the field there, and, and that is something to kind of be concerned about. So you, you, then the next question is, okay, well, who in this offense – is sort of running those short and intermediate routes. Now, Marquise Goodwin can, but that's not what they were using him for. Yep. Um, you know, Pierre, Pierre Garçon can, uh, but we don't know how he works with Beathard, considering Garçon kind of got hurt and missed a good punch, good chunk of last year. So uh, I think a lot of things remain to be seen with this offense. I mean, you know, the 49ers were really hoping for, for big things out of, uh, out of this group. So were fantasy fans. Right. I mean, they were, like I kept saying, they were every fantasy analyst's favorite sleeper offense yep. this year. Uh, it also doesn't help that next week they, they take on the Chargers. Not good. So Chargers defense, anyone? Yeah, probably. Um, other quarterback news, and not a surprise. We were kind of expecting this over the last couple of days, but Baker Mayfield has officially been named the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns coming up this week. Mayfield took over last week for Tyrod for Tyrod Taylor. I, See? I slipped up. I slipped up. Uh, Terod Taylor took over for him and led the Browns to their first victory in, what, 635 days or something? It's a long time. Like that. <laughs> um, so Baker is the quarterback. He obviously looked great uh, against the Jets on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now coming up this week, Oakland, they got the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to talk about just sort of, you know, helping ease a guy into being a starting quarterback <laughs> at the NFL, this seems like a good way to sort of ease him in. And, and suddenly now this Browns offense looks like the sleeper offense we thought they could be. And it was so much fun to watch. And I believe that was our highest rated TNF game. Probably on the NFL network. And it was all because of Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft, a a pick that a lot of people believed was controversial because Sam Darnold was clearly also in the mix there as well. But Mayfield came in, ran the offense, looked very good, led the Browns to 21 points on six drives. Comparatively, Taylor had led the Browns to 39 points on the previous 37 drives. So... Mayfield's got moxie. He's confident. He's fun to watch. He's cocky. Okay, that's fine. We kind of like that. And and what I really liked, he has got such a strong arm, and he is such a gunslinger that he doesn't mind throwing the ball in the tight windows. And we saw that one pass that he threw to Jarvis Landry. Which is ridiculous. Made a ridiculous catch on that, too. But that's the kind of stuff that Mayfield's going to bring to the table. He can also run with the football, and that's important for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback. Now, I'm not telling you that you're going to go out and start him every week in fantasy leagues. But I do believe that he is worth picking up off the waiver wire, especially in these deeper leagues where it's hard to find quarterbacks, or maybe if you're in a two QB league or a super flex league, Mayfield is worth a look. And I do believe that his presence in that offense is going to elevate everyone in the passing game, including David Njoku, who sort of disappeared when Terod was the quarterback. We saw some flashes of Njoku maybe developing a rapport uh, with Baker in that game against the Jets. All right. So let's, let's, let's go on and just play, you know, who would you rather, right? Uh Like, so Baker's got the, the Raiders, right? And we've yeah. seen a lot of guys come in and just kind of carve up this Raiders defense so far this season. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to stay away from anybody in the top 10, right? So we'll start. Let's say, uh, let's see. Let's look at, uh, make sure. Andy, because we have, we have, also we have buys coming up this week. So let's, let's. Yeah, know, two teams on a buy. Two teams on a Washington and Washington Carolina. Washington Carolina on a buy. Um, okay, so. Andy Dalton against Atlanta or Baker Mayfield against the Raiders? We're still going Dalton. That could be a high-scoring game. Okay. Um, let's see. We will go with uh, Ryan Tannehill against the Patriots. You know, the, you would think the Patriots got to be mad now. And Tannehill was good. Three touchdowns yeah. this week. I'm going Baker Mayfield. Okay. So Baker there. Uh, let's see. Joe Flacco against the Steelers. Oh, Baker, or Baker Mayfield against the Raiders. See, because the Steelers, I mean, their defense is terrible. Defense it's a home game. Could be a high-scoring affair. I'd probably go Flacco there, but it's close. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's go with uh, Blake Bortles against the Jets or Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. All right. And let's see. Uh, let's see. Who's got uh, – who do the Seahawks have? Russell Wilson on the road at Arizona. Uh, well, we don't know. Josh Rosen might be the quarterback, in which case I'm still going Baker Mayfield. <laughs> All right. Uh, and let's see. One more. Let's go. Let's see. Wait, wait, wait. Dak Prescott or Baker Mayfield? All day long, Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say Matthew Stafford. Against- no, no. So you go Stafford. I'm Stafford, still going Stafford against the Boy, Cowboys. Boy, the Cowboys stink. You know, Staff- that was yesterday. So I'm going to name drop. So make fun of me. That's fine. I was at Jerry Cantrell's house yesterday because he's a Seahawks fan. Duff McKagan was there. He's a Seahawks fan. I'm the only guy rooting for the Cowboys in the in the house. And, oh, that was brutal, man. They were so <laughs> bad. Like, Dak has nobody to throw the football to. And even if he did, he's throwing it over their heads. The only guy you could start in this offense is Ezekiel Elliott. That's it. Cowboys defense really bummed me out. I thought they'd be better. They weren't. And at this point, the Cowboys not only are a wasteland from an NFL perspective, because we're not going anywhere, but we are a fantasy wasteland right now. I I don't know that I can. Jeez, I I don't know how many quarterbacks I'd, I'd 
actually keep Dak ahead of at this point. He's like, I'm in a two QB right. league, and, and I'm dropping him. I'm cutting him. Right. And I'm going to try to pick up Baker Mayfield or even Josh Allen. Because Dak can't do anything. Yeah, as I, I'm, I'm starting to do, you know, I'm starting to go through and do my player rankings for for week four. Dak's near the bottom. And yeah, let me look and see where I preliminarily have Dak. I've got him at 23 right now. Um, I think you're generous. And, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> it may be, it may be that I that I switch things up. I mean, like, I, but I look at the guys that that he's that I have him currently ahead of. Right, uh, Derek Carr against Cleveland. Yep. Mitchell Trubisky, who has not looked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Allen uh, on the road at Green Bay. I mean, I know he was good yesterday, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam Darnold at Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Rosen uh, against Seattle, but I could I could possibly move him up. Yep. Uh, C.J. Beathard on the road at well, the Chargers. And <laughs> so I mean, like, and, like watch, and watch Beathard come out and have, have, have ball out and right. Yeah, his first week. So I mean, like. The point being, though, that the guys that you have behind Dak are guys that are like, ugh, like really, ugh. So, yeah, I mean, Cowboys might be looking for a quarterback in the next couple that, of drafts. Yeah, it, yeah, here's the funny. It, this has nothing to do with fantasy, too, because, you know, the t- couple years ago, you know, Dak was outstanding. The Cowboys were 13 and three. It looked like everything was going to go well. Oh, uh, memories. It's falling apart. But memories. also but you also sort of wonder, maybe maybe that was when he, he was playing over his head. Like now could be. Looks now like he's it. just looking like the fourth round draft pick that people had questions uh, about when he uh, came out of college. So okay, we'll I'm see. depressed now. Uh, we'll switch. It. We'll switch topics then. Uh, the Steelers say they are listening to trade offers for Le'Veon Bell. Of course, uh, we know Lev is still nowhere to be seen, at least not when it comes to the Steelers team facility. He's mm-hmm. tweeting random things about not being appreciated and how nobody ever says thank you to him. I mean, he's he's up, losing out on $850,000 a week. Goodness gracious. A week. Um, now, there are a lot of stipulations and things that would have to happen in order for the Steelers to trade him. Um, first off, Lev Bell himself would have to agree to a deal. Mm-hmm. The Steelers would have to sign him to a franchise tender. And a team would have to have enough salary cap space to absorb about $10 million worth of salary. So... There are a lot of things that have to be worked out in order for this to happen, but I think it speaks to the fact that, well, one, the Steelers have had enough, and two, the Steelers themselves are starting to think that, that he's not going to be around for a while. Well, he's not. I mean, Le'Veon, it would be dumb of him, Marcus. It would be dumb of him to come back anytime before he needs to to be eligible for free agency in 2019. Because This is what it's all about, right? So... I have Lev in three leagues. I have Connor in two. The one I don't is a dynasty league. And uh, if if he ever got traded, I mean, as as speaking for fantasy owners out there who have Bell and Connor, that would be an amazing move. I don't know where he would go. Right. Like, I mean, you look at the teams in the league right now that need a running back. Indianapolis needs a running back badly. And we know Jim Mercer is a guy who will go out and make a trade for a running back. Don't want to bring up Trent Richardson or anything, but... Huh. So if if Le'Veon got traded to a team where he's clearly going to be the featured back, maybe he has a slow start because he hasn't played football in a while. But imagine the depth that you can accrue at the running back position. If you have Le'Veon Bell in a different jersey and James Conner still playing for the Steelers and racking up all those fantasy points. Interesting. Maybe it's a pie in the sky. Wishful thinking. We'll see what happens. But I still don't expect to see Le'Veon Bell if the Steelers don't trade him. 
until the second half of the season, as depressing as that is. All right, so I'm looking at at the salary cap space right now for, mm-hmm. for NFL teams, trying to figure out where would be a great fit. Um, teams, well, let's start with teams that have the $10 million approximately to, to fit, right? You got, you got Washington, you got the Bengals, you got the Cowboys, uh, the Jags, the Jets, Titans, Texans, Niners, Colts, and Browns, right? Colts? So, Colts, maybe. Niners, maybe. I mean, you know, with Jarek McKinnon gone for the year and then trying to figure some things out, I mean, you can yep. figure, you can, Washington's probably out. Uh, I know, Adrian Peterson's right? found the, balling the out fun right of youth at least every other week. The Bengals are certainly out because they, you know, they've got Mixon. Joe Mixon. Cowboys are out with Zeke. Yep. Jags are out with Fournette. Although, you know, Le'Veon Bell could come to the Cowboys and be our best wide receiver. Uh, that's that is that's true. That's actually a it's, fact. I like it. That's come on, fact. Jerry Jones, make the move. Not that's a happen. fact. I know, um, I'm just, whatever. The Jets? Are interesting mm, because interesting. Crow, Crow and Poa, I mean, major Kyle, upgrade. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah um, I mean, that's, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, the Titans. I don't know. I mean, nah. I think they still they still like their duo of Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. Fantasy owners don't, but they do. Uh, the Texans seem okay with Lamar Miller. I mean, he's not bad. He's he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's say, all like, right. Look, Lamar Miller is fantasy oatmeal, right? Like you don't really get excited <laughs> about it, but it's good enough. It'll fill you up. It's yeah, it's fine. Um, well, you know, I get excited about that cinnamon apple oatmeal, but yeah, the plain oatmeal the not. Yeah, you got to put something in it, right? He's cinnamon like, apple oatmeal. You spice up that oatmeal, it's great. Uh, you can throw <laughs> some apples in there, a little honey. It's awesome. Uh, you know, the Niners, we mentioned, a good situation. Now I'm hungry, Colts. Eddie. The Colts uh, certainly have a, a big opening there. Uh, I can't imagine the Browns. I mean, they just drafted no. Chubb. That Carlos oh. Hyde is playing oh. well. So, oh. so, I mean, that, that narrows it down to maybe one of two teams. Colts, um, Jets, and maybe Niners. Colts, Jets, maybe Niners. So, three. Mm-hmm. So um, right I, now, if you're a Colts fan listening to this podcast, you're just salivating you're uh, like Homer Simpson with a donut in his hand. Ugh. Yeah, well, sort Larry of. And Bell. You sort of are. And then you sort of aren't because of the next story, which is Andrew Luck says he has no qualms with Jacoby Brissett. Dude, that was so Mary. that that's a red flag. For that's me. a huge red flag because, OK, what was Andrew Luck's? You know, th- this guy had that all the tools, all the tools. Before this shoulder injury, throwing it deep. This guy was accurate, and and now you're telling me you need to bring Jacoby Brissett in to throw a hail mary because of what reason? Because uh, Andrew Luck down the field can't throw the ball that far. That's a- that that is that is worrisome for me. Well, and it started to kind of be a thing, you know, late in the preseason when people were noticing that he wasn't throwing the ball more than 15 or 20 yards down right. the field. Um, I think people started to kind of clue in and wonder if things were going to be okay with him. And, you know, he's, he's been good enough the first few weeks of the season, mm-hmm. even if he's become captain check down. I mean, I think he was averaging heading into week three, was averaging about five air yards per attempt, um, which isn't great. Yep. And he, I think at one point, I think he had like, I want to say like 15 or 16 completions and look at, for 35. Yeah, I mean, and look at the completions that, that he's, uh, he's had, a lot of Jack Doyle before he got hurt, Eric Ebron, Ryan Grant, uh, Naheem Hines has seen a bunch of targets out of the backfield. T.Y. Hilton's doing okay. He's doing fine. Uh, we haven't seen T.Y. sort of have that big home run, not vertical, yet. long touchdown catch from, from Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck can't get it downfield, he's not going to get those big those big chunks. And that's, that's problematic if you're a fantasy fan and you have T.Y. on your roster. Still a startable guy without question, but... It, it, it'd be nice to be able to see him hit that big home run every once in a while. And if Andrew Luck can't throw the football down the field that far, not going to see it. 
Yeah, uh, I think you know now you're relying on yards after the catch for T.Y. Hill. Mm-hmm. But, uh, this is one to kind of monitor all year, and it may have to you may have to change your evaluations of uh, of Andrew Luck if he can't get the ball down the field. Uh, one last one: A.J. Green sat out a good chunk of the game yesterday uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals with a groin injury. Now he says it's not serious. Uh, he thinks he would be able to go and play next week, but this still seems like a thing to monitor during the week. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. These groin injuries, you know, you never know what can happen with this. And and the, the concern, of course, would be what happens when he's out there and pulls up lame and you miss him for three plus quarters because he aggravates this thing. So keep tabs on that. Obviously, he's a must start playing in Atlanta. Could be a high scoring game. Uh, there against the Falcons. Yeah, well, in the Falcons, I mean, not only have they, you know, they lost uh, Deion Jones, right. they lost Keanu Neal. Yep. Now they've also lost Ricardo Allen. To that defense has taken injuries. three big hits. That, that defense was supposed to be decent this year, and it is missing three major pieces. So now they look like a defense that they can be had. A yeah, little. and speaking of defenses that, that are a little bit banged up now, uh, Marcus Peters is going to be out two to four weeks. Uh, Keeb Tlaib is banged up as well. We'll yeah. talk about that. Which is going to be Minnesota LA game. Yeah, uh, which, which should be a lot of fun, at least on paper. Be. But uh, if the if the Rams aren't 100 percent, that will make things. Then better. suddenly you're not as concerned about Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, we thought we weren't concerned about them yesterday. I know we will what get to that. that? <laughs> we will. Yeah, I may yeah. yell about that one a little we bit. We will get to that. Anyway, that is pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. When you spend an entire day or week cooking something, you want it to turn out really awesome, right? I mean, make sure whatever you're cooking comes out perfect with Jules sous vide. Jewel heats food to the exact right temperature and holds it there. Beef, poultry, pork, seafood, veggies, dessert, practically everything comes out the way you like it every time. With Jewel, it's fun and easy to try cooking new recipes or cuts of meat at home because there's zero guesswork and food is never under or overcooked. And it's easy to cook for a crowd. If it fits in a large cooler, then you can cook it with Jewel. Jewel makes a great companion to your grill or smoker because it separates the cooking step from the finishing step. So meats come out perfectly tender and juicy on the inside and get that charred, crispy bark on the outside. I actually am using it. I used one over the weekend. The thing's fantastic. I made Yeah, where chicken. was my invite for dinner, man? I, uh, I threw some stuff together in a pot on, su- on Saturday I eat afternoon after evening and... Um, Man, it was great. It's pretty good. I did some chicken. I did some vegetables. So, like, I'm all in on this thing now. It's pretty great. I may have to, like, I, I love kitchen gadgets, and this one this one has rocketed to the top of my list. Sounds like favorite. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Uh, to get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash jewel. Use code FANTASY to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E, code FANTASY. Jewel, perfect food every time. You're saying chefsteps.com is always like a mouthful. It, uh, anyway, you're, you're, you're pulling it off, my friend. Thanks. Um, all right, so let's let's kind of figure things out. We said last week on this podcast that after you get through week three, you know, week one, the pendulum swings wildly in one direction, and week two, it swings wildly back the other direction. So by week three, we should kind of be getting centered and kind of start to have an idea of how things are going to go. So I got a bunch of different little kind of headlines and storylines here. I broke them down into three categories. One, what we do know. Uh, two, what we think we know. And three, what we still have no idea about. So we'll start with the things that we know. And the first thing we know for sure, for sure, 
This Chiefs offense is for real this year. Unbelievable. Andy Reid is a genius, and uh, he's a friend of the fantasy owner. Let's put it yep. that way. Patrick Mahomes, 13 touchdown passes, uh, an NFL record, over 92 fantasy points. This dude hasn't thrown a pick. Nope. He hasn't thrown a pick. Not yet. That, that's just as impressive to me as the 13 touchdown passes because he didn't have a whole lot of experience starting games in the National Football League uh, regular season, only one last season as a, as a rookie, and that was Week 17. You can't expect more from this kid. 13 touchdown passes, almost 900 yards passing. And at this point, he's the best quarterback in fantasy football. And yeah, that includes you, Aaron Rodgers, and you, Tom Brady, and you, Deshaun Watson. Mahomes has been the best. And it is fun to watch. They are fun to watch. What's ridiculous is that their defense is giving up like 31 a game. And they're 3-0. and and they're killing everybody with the offense. Who says offenses can't win championships? Because their defense certainly can't win them a championship. But Patrick Mahomes and that hand cannon he's got can definitely do it. And Travis Kelsey has had two big games in a row. You know, Tyreek Hill didn't have a big game this past week, but you forgive him. He was still he's still been an absolute playmaker in this offense and a great fit for Mahomes uh, in that right arm of his. I mean, Sammy Watkins has even started to He's sort like of a thing. bubble back up he into fantasy relevance. I had him as a stardom this week. I know the schedule is going to get a little tougher, so maybe you sell high on Sammy Watkins. I mean, Chris Conley's gotten involved. The one guy who has seen his value drop in this offense is Kareem Hunt. I mean, he's rushed for, I think, 168 yards in three games. In his first game last year as a rookie, he had 148 right. in that one game. So... He's still scoring touchdowns. He's got three, had two this past week. That was his saving grace, but his yardage leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, I mean, that that's the big concern with him. He's not hes not involved in the passing game at all this year. Three targets all year long. He's had one target in each game so far this season. So the thing with, with Mahomes, right, you look back at the first three games they played this year. Uh, they started with the Chargers. Who were supposed to have a good pass defense. Who apparently don't. I mean, they lose Jason Verrett, obviously, for the season. And that hurts. Joey Bosa. And Joey Bosa hasn't played, so they don't have as much of a pass rush. And they've been just, they've been torched through the air so far. The Steelers, whose defense is flat out bad right now. Garbage. And the 49ers, whose defense also is not great. Garbage. The next two weeks are a big test. Next week, they're on the road on Monday night in Denver against the Broncos. Still playing them. And then the next week, <laughs> no, I mean, but I, I, no, I no, you're right. Are. You're right. Yeah. And then the next week they're at home against the Jaguars. So the next two weeks, I think we're going to learn a lot more. I mean, I, I still believe in this offense because yep. they've, they've looked good and they're spreading the ball around. I think, what is it? He's throwing a, a touchdown to nine different guys mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're spreading the ball around. So that makes them hard to defend. But we are going to get a clearer idea, I think, of how good this offense is in the next two weeks. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's going to be so much fun. Chiefs, Jaguars. Best pass defense in the league against the pat the best passing offense in the league. Something's got to give. That's going to be fun. Uh, okay, next up, Michael Thomas is very, very. I'm going to throw one more very, very yeah. good. I mean, this guy was it 40 targets and 38 catches this year. He's been insane. That is a nice percentage. That is a very nice That's percentage. Insane. This guy right now is on pace to just shatter every reception record. Known to man. I mean, Marvin Harrison is the league leader in terms of single season catches, and Thomas is on pace to wreck it. Just so, wreck it. I've been seeing I, – I, I'm not really a fan of the on-pace stats because especially this early – Ah, they're season, fun. Like, I mean, they're fun. So the, And I'm pulling this one up because this one is, like, super fun. 
Uh, Michael Thomas right now is on pace mm-hmm. for 203 catches. Oh, I like this next 2, one. 2,123 yards. Is that it? 16 touchdowns. Pretty good. And a 95% catch rate. That's sick. Now, mind you, the single season record for receptions is 143. Yep. So if, you know, if this pace. He's on pace to crush it. He beats it by, not only does he beat it, he's by 60. If somebody, if somebody offered you straight up right now, Odo Beckham Jr. or New Hopkins or Julio Jones for Michael Thomas, which one of those trades do you accept and which one do you turn down? I don't know that I take any of them. How about that? So the only guy that you would take in a trade for MT is Antonio Brown. Yeah, and even then, like... I mean, wow, Marcus. Here's the thing, and you know my feelings on PPR, but if we're talking even PPR, like 203 catches, I mean, that's just sick. Well, so you would think things are going to slow down a little bit when Mark Ingram comes back because they have no running game right now at all. That's the thing. That's what's going to change because I, I believe, I know going into week three, they had the fewest rushing yards as a team. Mm hmm. Um, and I'm looking right now. They are because they they're still they're 27th and, and in rushing, and that's and that's with the Bucks at 32, and they haven't played. The Steelers are at 30, and they haven't played yet. So you know, one or both of those teams could still leapfrog the same. And Alvin Kamara had more targets than carries. Yes, sick. I mean, 20 targets, 16 carries. Unreal. Um, unreal. Yeah, I so I do think if you have Mark Ingram, and I I've got him stashed in a couple of different leagues. Like the the silver lining there is that there's room in the running game for him. Yeah. Because the the Saints haven't really run the ball effectively, so yep. uh, it's not like he's totally lost. But for for the time being, you know, when you talk about concentrated offenses. I mean, this offense is pretty much it's Kamara and Michael Thomas. Yeah, and remember how. I wouldn't say bad Drew Brees was last season, but he wasn't great from a fantasy he perspective. He wasn't like old Drew Brees. He's back to old Drew Brees just chucking it in, in, in these shootouts. We'll see if that remains the same when Mark Ingram returns, but for right now, it's a lot of fun to own Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. All right, so while we know that Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees are all very, very good, the Saints defense is bad. It's just, it's been Bad. Remember how high a lot of us were, and I admittedly was high on them going into week one. Oh, I was one, totally high. I, thinking, I, oh, the Saints defense. I mean, wh- what's happened to Lattimore? I mean, I, think, I feel like he's the only one who's there. I mean, so I look at I look at Sunday, right, when Calvin Ridley just starts going berserk and has a three-touchdown game. At some point late in the game, I saw some tweets saying that the Saints moved Lattimore off of Julio Jones and onto Calvin Ridley. And from the time I saw that tweet, I don't think I saw Calvin Ridley's name like pop up doing anything. So I feel like Marshawn Lattimore is fine. Uh, he did get wrecked up. by Mike Evans in week one. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that happens every now and then. But it's everybody around him that's been the problem. I mean, the Saints right now have the last ranked defense in the league. Um, they have given up a grand total of 1,200 yards. So it's like the old Saints. I mean, it's like the a lot old of Saints offense, a lot of throwing and. Horrible defense. They have allowed 10 passing touchdowns, just one interception. Um, I mean, it's good news. They only have given up two rushing touchdowns, but, you know, why drive when you can fly? Exactly. So this, I mean, one, it makes it hard to to start the Saints defense, and I, I would imagine they're going to be on the waiver wire a lot if they aren't already yep. after the first three weeks. Yep. I mean, I guess it goes back to the last point, though, that it just makes things a little bit better for the offense because if they're giving up points like this, Drew Brees got to keep slinging it. So they're playing uh, the G-Man this week in, uh, in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, 
Eli Murph, Manning? Murph, I mean, how are you, how are you feeling? Uh, does, what, what do you foresee in this one? Well, the first two weeks with the Giants, I was I came away, despite how bad the offense was, I was like, okay, the defense is surprisingly pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the defense. Uh, and now that the offense woke up, uh, despite even having J.J. Watt in the backfield uh, constantly uh, yesterday, I mean – Look, the Saints are going to score points, but I like the Giants' defense, and I think as long as the offense is doing what they could do, I'm pretty confident in them uh, and scoring and scoring points. So, uh, a, a close Giants win at home, maybe. Okay. Upper twenties, low thirties, around there. All right. Was it was it the last game that they played against each other where Breeze had like six touchdowns and, and Eli, Eli had, had six like touchdowns. six touchdowns? Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, I do. I, yeah. I believe that one was in New Orleans, but that was a ridiculous shootout. I don't know if I see the same thing there. I don't know if I'm going to tell you to start Eli Manning, but uh, the Giants' offense, Sterling Shepard, he he bounced yeah. back. Evan Ingram's week to week. Yeah, you well, know who's the, a good sleeper this week is that Red Elson. He's yeah, a good sleeper, a dude. Pass. He's a good sleeper this week. Well, it, it depends on what what Evan Ingram situation. Yeah, Ingram, is, right? yeah for, He's the, week for the to Giants week. and offense, and, mm-hmm. and to go against the Saints the, uh, offense. Uh, mm-hmm. If the Giants get back Eli Apple and Olivier Vernon, that's huge for them. Uh, the guy, their replacement, like guys like Connor Barwin and uh, and Win, a few other guys look great. But Apple's been their best corner this year, and Olivier Vernon was you know their highest you know paid defensive player because mm-hmm. what he could do. So they they need those guys back, and that'll disrupt the Kamara Thomas connection with Breeze. So uh, we'll see what happens. But th- those are two big injuries. Oh man, so that'll be one to watch. That'll be interesting. That could end up being a really high scoring game. Uh, last thing, at least for me, that I know that we know, the Rams wide receivers, all of them at this point are starters. I mean, after three games, crazy. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. All have 20 or more targets. They all have 15 or more catches. They're all over 180 receiving yards. Uh, Woods and Cup each have a pair of touchdowns. Brandon Cooks almost had one, but mm-hmm. was marked down just shy of the goal line. Thank you for that, because I have Todd Gurley. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this this offense, I mean, we, we talk about, like, Aaron Rodgers being able to support multiple top, you know, 15, top 20 wide receivers. Jared Goff and Sean McVay's offense can support three you know, at least top 25, top 30 wide receivers this year. McVay and what he's done to this offense is nothing short of miraculous. The guy should be uh, given a key to the city of Los Angeles. I mean, you've got – and they're, they're basically spreading the ball out between these three in the passing game. Robert Woods, 222 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks is at 336. And then Cooper Cup is at 186. And at any given moment in any given week – one of these three guys can and do typically go off. So in an offense that also has Todd Gurley, boy, I tell you something. The Rams, you got to think the Rams are the favorites right now in the NFC. And we're going to see if that is true on Thursday night on NFL Network when they face up against the Minnesota Vikings, who were just embarrassed at home by the Buffalo Bills. But this offense right now, they have, let's see, Three wide receivers that are startable every week. Obviously, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, who will give you some some down weeks, but with those Man, weapons. He's been, he's been pretty good so far. If you include their defense, and then when Greg Zerlin comes back, that's a lot of fantasy production right there, my friends. Yeah, now, curious to see, there's, there are conflicting reports about Andrew Whitworth. I know, I just saw this. Uh, like, So he either did have surgery or he didn't have surgery, and well, the latest update is that he didn't. He says that he didn't, and I feel like, if you can trust anybody on this story, it would be Andrew. I mean, like, Whitworth. dude, listen, 
I didn't have anesthesia. They didn't cut me open. There was no scope. I did not have surgery. He would be the guy to talk to. If Andrew Whitworth says he didn't have surgery, then Then he probably uh, didn't have surgery. I'm just going to go with that one. So I'm not sure where that story started because there was talk that he had knee surgery and could be out for an extended period of time. Uh, he did say, though, he's getting a pretty good massage right now. So good That's on you. It. Hey, man. Good on you, I Andrew. I could use Whitman. one of those right now. Um, okay, so now on to the things that we think we know. And I'm going to go out of order here because we've talked about the Vikings. Um, I mean, we thought we knew that the Vikings were a good team, but on Sunday they did not look like a good Dude, team. what the hell? I mean, come on. So I'm leaving work. I'm in the car uh, driving up to the Valley. And I'm listening to Sirius XM, and I'm like, the Bills just keep scoring. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, the Vikings completely overlooked them mm-hmm. because yep. they saw the Rams. Oh, the Rams on Thursday night. On Thursday night. big. They, they, saw, I mean, they saw Josh Allen starting. They saw no LaShawn McCoy. And that, that's was, the only explanation. And actually, the Vikings, I think part of the reason why they rested Dalvin Cook, I don't know if he's going to be back this week, but – is they saw the Bills, and they're like, Latavius Murray can handle it. We can do this. We'll be fine. I mean, outside of Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph, you got nothing. I mean, not, I mean, Latavius had five catches, but they couldn't run the ball because they were getting slaughtered. I mean, even their defense was terrible. And Marcus had, had a great uh, line in, in his column yesterday, which was, in standard scoring leagues, the Bills' defense – Outscored every single individual every member one. of the Vikings offense. And if every you told me that one. was going to happen yesterday pregame, I'd have thought you were nuts. And if you would have told me that Josh Allen would have scored 27 fantasy points compared to Kirk Cousins scoring 10, I'd have thought you were nuts. So here's the question. Is Josh Allen someone you're picking up off the waiver wire after no. that performance? No. Whoa, okay, no love. No. no love for Josh. No, I mean, what, what we saw yesterday was it was a lot of fun. I mean, he... They got a win. They got helped, first of all. Got by, Green Bay this week they at Lambeau. This week. They, they had a lot of short fields because Kirk Cousins couldn't hold on to the football. I think he had three turnovers, a couple of fumbles. That was terrible, dude. Um, just a defense that sort of looked lost and lackluster. I mean, I think they were – yesterday was kind of a perfect storm of events for Josh Allen, and, and that's why he ended up kind of having a good day. I mean – uh, I mean, look, at he had he had two rushing touchdowns, first of all, which how often can you count on that? Yep. Just 196 passing yards, just one touchdown. There were just a lot of things that kind of combined for Josh Allen to have a big day. But it's not something uh, that I that I can go with. By the way, just fun fact from yesterday. This was courtesy of uh, NFL, our, our research staff here. Um, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Drew Brees all had two rushing touchdowns. It was the first time that three quarterbacks had multiple rushing touchdowns in a week. Since the merger in 1970. Uh, wow. And so. <laughs> I almost said 1917. That's not quite that, that, not quite a, that long ago. That was a long time ago. 1970. Um, so, like, that <laughs> that play where Drew Brees. I don't know. Hit if the he, B button? I don't know if he juked the two Atlanta the defenders. Circle and just or maybe they were just out? afraid to hit him because nobody knows what the hell's going on with that roughing the quarterback rule. But. If you were legitimately trying to tra- tackle Drew Brees, which I'm guessing they both were, and Drew Brees, the old man, almost 40 years old, man. jukes you out of your shoes like that. You, you, you just got to pull Avante Davis and retire I mean, at halftime. You can't show your your face in the locker room. You just, you just That's gotta, embarrassing. You just got to retire. It's Drew Brees. It wasn't like it was Cam Newton or Deshaun. It was Drew freaking Brees. It was the rules now. You just, you just, you just <laughs> and what's going on with these quarterbacks? Like Matt Ryan last week had two rushing touchdowns. Now Brees is doing it. 
All these dudes who so, can't run are running for touchdowns. You know, and I will say this. And look, I think what we've seen the last couple of weeks has been sort of an anomaly. But and you're starting to see a little bit more of this on Twitter, right? As as the league is cracking down on these tackles, right? And poor Clay Matthews is, is getting hammered every week when he's trying to t- touch a quarterback. Dude, and, the, and then Crawford yesterday in the Cowboys Crawford game. Got, he basically and, hugged um, Russell Wilson. You know, Come on, dude. So, But I, I'm starting to wonder, if you're a quarterback, maybe you take some more chances. Maybe you run a little bit more. If guys are going to be scared to hit you because they're going to get penalized and potentially fined, you know, and again, I'm not saying Matt Ryan's going to suddenly turn into Mike Vick and, you know, Drew Brees isn't going to be Cam Newton and running for all these touchdowns. But if you're a quarterback, you can take some more liberties because, you know, you're going to get protected by a flag. It's like you have a force field around you. kind Basically. Of. Right. Right. So <laughs> I do. I do think that's something that's that, that's going to be kind of interesting. In the meantime, I still think the Vikings are a good team. I think they just. Yeah, that I, was just. They just got caught napping. Yeah. Caught napping. Are you, they hibernated. They got caught napping. So, you know, I, I wouldn't panic on them, but I know that plenty of people who started Viking. Look, I started Kirk Cousins and a couple. Dude, of we years, all did, man. And it burned L- me. Latavius Murray against right. you. Right. And, I, and I'm. Ugh. So, you know, we, we all good. got we all got burned on that one. Don't be scared to go back to the well. The Vikings, I think, long term will be fine. This and if, just, you know, we already know Marcus Peters is hurt. Akeem Tlaib's banged up. Right. I mean, maybe that's not as tough a defense w- without those two top corners. So, um. But speaking of Matt Ryan, Dude. is he back? I mean, he's I had, look, so know, he's had man. two really good weeks in a row. Really good. Um, I mean, he's throwing the ball effectively. He's you know, running for touchdowns occasionally. Apparently, that's a thing now for him. Mm. Um, is is he? I'm not going to say he's like he was, you know, his MVP season. Right. But but is he is he is he rising above his station as just meh Ryan? Like, is he going to be better this year? He's getting back there, and I. I did not like Ryan last year when he opened up with the stinker against the Eagles. I did not like Matt Ryan. I didn't think he was a fantasy starter. The last two weeks, he's blown up. But here's here's where things are interesting with Matt Ryan. Look at his schedule. Yep. Bengals at Steelers stink. Buccaneers yep. defense stinks. Giants. Sorry, Eddie. Um, <laughs> Redskins, Browns. Browns are a tough matchup. Then he's got Dallas. Then he's at New Orleans. Baltimore, tough matchup. Then at Green Bay. Uh, and he finishes up the fantasy playoffs, Arizona, and then at Carolina. So he's got some pretty good matchups coming up here. Maybe you sell high on him in two or three weeks, but the schedule, at least short term here coming up, pretty favorable for Matty Ice. I mean, yeah, he just he looks like he looks like he's figured things out. Uh, and it's funny that like he's figured things out. And it hasn't included Julio Jones scoring. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really know why you would want to have the Falcons' number two wide receiver on your roster anyway. I mean, obviously, it's Calvin Ridley all day. All you may as well just cut Julio now. It's all Calvin all the time, and uh, Julio Jones is just a uh, he's basically a decoy out there now. I don't know. It makes me it it hurts my heart because I you know you have one of the most physically imposing, talented receivers in the game, and you can't get him in the end. Uh Um. So there are three running backs that I'm starting to believe in. Adrian Peterson, Carlos Hyde, and after last night, Carrion Johnson. Can oh, we just man. say can we just have a moment for Carrion Johnson? He ran for a hundred yards while wearing a Lions uniform. I know that hasn't happened since Thanksgiving of twenty thirteen. Right? I mean, poor one out for my boy Reggie Bush, man. Like Carrion Johnson, like I, you know, we went into the season not knowing anything about this Lions backfield and not being able to figure out kind of how it went. I was kind of leaning toward the Garrett Blunt because I thought maybe he'd get the touchdowns. Uh, they weren't sure about Carrion Johnson the first few weeks. But he looked good. He looked good against the Patriots on Sunday night. 
Hey, the Lions look good. I mean, as a team, Stafford looked good. You know, Golden Tate looked good. Gall- I mean, they, they all look good. Yeah. And so now you have a little bit more faith in carry on moving forward, playing the Cowboys uh, uh, this coming week, who just got run over by Chris Carson. So, yeah. Hey, I'm not telling you he's going to be an RB2 the rest of the way, but suddenly he's in the flex starter conversation. No doubt about that. Uh, Carlos Hyde is another player who and, and this backfield went completely the opposite of what a lot of us projected. Mm-hmm. Because when you have Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb, you're thinking committee. You're thinking Duke Johnson is going to see his opportunities as a pass catcher. Uh, Carlos Hyde and Chubb would be the guys who are going to be the early down grinders. It's been all Carlos Hyde. 65 touches. Duke yep. Johnson's got 15. Duke Johnson led this team in targets last season. He's barely being targeted in the offense. They have completely gone on the Carlos Hyde bandwagon. And so if you drafted him in the middle to late rounds right now, you're looking like a genius. Yeah, I, I, so I had I did have some concerns about Duke Johnson coming into the season. He was the guy I avoided in drafts simply because I looked at the roster this year and wondered where exactly Duke Johnson fit in because he's kind of a tweener, right? Like he's he's a good running back but they have better running backs. Mm -hmm. He's a good receiver, but they have better receivers. And so I was trying to figure out where he, I mean, part of the reason he got so much run last year, they had nothing. They had nothing. And so they kind of had to use him as that Swiss army knife. But I just, I was worried as to how he was going to fit in this year. And so far, I don't know that they have found a real spot for him. The thing that surprised me is that Nick Chubb has been really nowhere to be found. I thought, I thought he'd be more at this point, Nick Chubb, and redrafts can be dropped, and honestly, Duke Johnson can be dropped too. Yeah, if there's a hot free agent out there, I would cut him. I mean, because right now, I mean, obviously Jarvis Landry is the number one receiver there, but we've seen Antonio Callaway get a lot of attention. David mm-hmm. Njoku can work in. Even Rashard Higgins uh, has over 100 yards receiving for the season. So Duke Johnson is just—I mean, he's got 39 receiving yards. He's got 29 rushing yards. Uh, that works out to 68 yards. In case you don't want to do the math. Um, <laughs> He just there's just there's just no place for him in this offense right yep. now. Uh, well, there is a place for Adrian Peterson in Washington's offense. Yes. And now he's got a nice bye week to recover and rest after having a huge game uh, in week three. Currently 61 touches compared to Chris Thompson's 35. And after last week, we kind of all thought Chris Thompson is the safest start in that Washington backfield. And we were wrong, at least for one week. I mean, look, this is a different Washington team through the first three weeks of the season than what we've seen. They're playing defense, mm-hmm. and they're running the football. They yep. are the number two ranked defense in the National Football League behind the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they're giving up just uh, – they're not really giving up anything on the ground. I mean, rushing defense-wise, they're allowing 90, 90 rushing yards per game uh, on the ground, just a couple of touchdowns. The, the passing defense has been pretty good. They are giving up about 188 yards per game through the air. They're shutting teams down, and on the on the flip side, they're just giving the ball to Adrian Peterson. He got another 19 carries on Sunday. You know, if he's around that 20 touch mark every single week, he is productive. I mean, my my thing was I didn't think he would get the touches on a week to week basis. If this is happening, he's a thing, and Chris Thompson isn't a thing anymore. Yeah, I still like Chris Thompson because of the quarterback and what he likes to do, and that's sort of dump the ball off, check down Charlie Alex Smith. He was never going to be what he was last season in this offense because of the the offense and, and basically the, the talent around him. But this was a Adrian Peterson week. I am surprised that, that he's been this good after three games. I still contend that if I had a trade partner out there and, and I could sell high on Adrian Peterson, I, I would certainly do it. This guy's 33 years old, but he is proving that even at an extended age for a running back, 
He could still put up some pretty good numbers, but I still believe that he is a very good sell-high candidate. Uh, a little bit of breaking news. Uh, uh, Eddie just got in my ear and let me know that uh, on Twitter, Manish Mehta, uh, okay. beat writer out in New York, or uh, columnist, I should say, out in New York, yeah. uh, says that the Jets have reached out to the Steelers about one Levy. Oh, come on. Uh, let's do it. So uh, Let's do it. The Jetropolitans. Trying to get in the oh my goodness no, gracious! Which, Let's do it. I, mean, I got to retweet this, which uh, makes it interesting. Like what you know, who who ends up the odd man out? Is it Isaiah Crowell? Is it Bilal Powell? Everybody. Uh, yeah, probably that probably would. Everybody, be everybody. You know, my buddy Jason Smith, who used to be on NFL yep. Fantasy Live, is one of my best friends. He reads this tweet. I mean, he might have a heart. He may lose his mind. He might need to. He may lose his mind. I'm actually going to tweet it. Need to check on him. At how about a fresca? I love to have some fun with him because he is a uh, he is a lifelong Jets fan. And if you're a lifelong Jets fan, well, you've had a difficult life as a football fan because they typically stink. But if he went to the Jets, we just talked about this. If that happened. Oh, boy, that would be good. That would be interesting. I would love it. I would love it. Uh, yeah, that boosts everybody in that offense. I mean, everybody who's not named Crowell or Powell. Well, Crowell or Powell would end up being waiver wire Pretty fighter much. because the Jets would not be acquiring Le'Veon Bell to put him in a committee. Hell you no. Hell no. And if they did, I would go nuts. Uh, nuts because they're going to have to give up quite a bit to get him. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, this is all preliminary. We'll see how much of this actually you know, becomes. But it's fun to talk about. It is. Um, Thing, other things we think we know through the first three weeks of the season. The Bears and Browns defense, you can start them, I won't say every week, but but most weeks they should be in your starting lineup, I would say. Pretty good, right? I mean, the matchup was favorable against Arizona. The Bears put up a good line. Uh, the Browns had a favorable matchup against Sam Darnold. They put up a good line. This week, the Bears have Tampa Bay in Chicago. And as good as that offense has been, I would start the Bears. And the Browns are playing in Oakland this week, right? Mm-hmm. And, Oakland's def- uh, Oakland's offense, uh, eh, right, Derek Carr. Eh. So the Browns' defense is, is certainly worth uh, starting, and I would argue both of these defenses could end up being in the top ten when it's all said and done based on fantasy points. Uh, more breaking news. Uh, more. Uh, Adam Schefter, uh, who has his first, tweeted what, what we pretty much suspected. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has a torn ACL. That stinks. And his season is over. That stinks, man. So, uh, you know, we we kind of suspected that's what it was going to be when we saw the play yesterday and the way he was carted off the field, uh, and that obviously is the case. So, uh, do you think do you think that the Niners would try and make a trade? Like, do you think they would maybe go after like like Terod Taylor? I don't think they will. I mean, I think I think they're gonna because your season's over. Yeah, you're if gonna you don't. just. But I mean, here's the thing. And I say this, I say this kind of partially as a a 49er fan, and the not having Jimmy Garoppolo sort of disabuses you of the 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 illusion that you had a chance really to compete in this division, right? Not a believer in his own squad. Okay. I'm a realist. Look, I mean, I've watched the Rams play the first three weeks of the season, and I've watched the Niners, and I know this defense has not been great, and I know the offense has been kind of underwhelming, to be honest with you. I know that, you know, they're two and – or they're one and two right now, um, and the the Rams are just head and shoulders better than everybody else in the NFC West. Um, And so if you're a Niner fan – I mean, I thought best-case scenario for them was probably – Eight and eight, and maybe they squeak into the playoffs. So this sort of this sort of disappears any illusion that you had of kind of competing in this offense. And so I don't know that you go out and you just give up a bunch of stuff to get something. But what to, would you to, really to get have to, to give eight, up? To I don't get know. Eight and eight. No, I hear you. I hear you. So just wondering. 
Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think, you know, you have to ride it out with C.J. Beathard this year. C.J. Beathard and Alfred Morris and Matt Breida. And uh, that was another one, by the way, because Matt Breida got hurt. And there, for a moment, it looked like he had a torn ACL. The mm-hmm. way he went down, people were worried. And then, like, you know, two series later, he comes back in. And I'm like, oh, that was much Yeah, okay. And, and, but Alfred Morris, like, people forget because Breida was so good the first, uh, the, the last couple of games. Alfred Morris is a part of this offense, and, and he bad. had a very good game, and he knows the offense of Shanahan. So I think the Niners are going to have to lean on both of those players moving forward, especially I mean, if there's no move made and C.J. Beathard's your quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Morris, Morris played he's played well this year. It's just that Matt Breida was the leading rusher in the NFL after two weeks. So he yep. was getting all the attention. Yep. But, uh, Morris has not played badly. Uh, other things we think we know. Amari Cooper can't be trusted. I would extend that to basically the Raiders' offense. Except for Marshawn. Except for Marshawn. And Marshawn has been who I thought Marshawn would be. He's mm-hmm. been, you know, not not spectacular, but he's been good. He's been consistent. Yep. Um, but, yeah, he, you know, but everybody else in this offense, like, I, I stay away. Well, confirms what I thought. I'm going to stay away from him because I just can't trust him. Yeah, and, and it's sort of a... I mean, Amari, too, like, I was on board thinking he could bounce back, and he's going to have his share of good games. Um, but you may, you may want to second-guess yourself... If you're believing that Amari Cooper is a must-start every single week, even if you're in a league where you have to start three wide receivers and a flex, which I'm in a bunch of those, it makes it harder to sit some guys. But he's a matchup-based guy. I mean, he really is. And uh, the targets were there in week two. They weren't there in the first couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sorry, in the first week and, and this past week. And the Raiders are throwing the ball to Jared Cook. I mean, obviously, Jordy Nelson got involved in the passing game. He had a big game. I wouldn't trust him either. But... You've really got to tap the brakes on your Raiders. Derek Carr, is, at this point, is, to me, not a startable option. And it's um, it's become a situation where, where if you sunk, uh, you know, a, a mid-round pick in Amari Cooper, two out of the first three weeks, you're not getting much back for your investment. No. And, and you know, think about it. Three weeks. In three weeks, you had three Raiders pass catchers pop. Week one was the Jared yep. Cook week. Mm-hmm. Week two was the Amari Cooper week. Week three was the Jordy Nelson week. And we're which still going to. Came out of nowhere. And I'm not, I'm not on board. You think there's going to be a Martavis Bryant week? Mm. Maybe not. Here's the thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, actually, I think there will be actually a Martavis. I don't know when, <laughs> I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm not going to predict when it can possibly happen, but. Yeah, I think we're going to have that Martavis Bryant week where he catches like four passes for like a buck 20, mm-hmm. you know, and gets a touchdown or something like that. So, yeah, that that that's possible. That that could potentially happen. And let's also just one more thing here. Um, speaking of that game uh, against Miami, boy, Xavier Howard is good. Stay man. away from him. Dude, don't throw to his side. He's quickly becoming one of the better cover corners in the league. And Miami has, uh, let's see who they got coming up this week, Marcus. As they've got the Patriots. The schedule. Ooh. They got the Patriots this week. Ooh. So, um, oh, okay. I would suspect, because I, I suspect Josh Gordon is going to be active. That's what I was just thinking. And I'm wondering if we're going to get a Howard Gordon matchup. Mm-hmm. Unless they would put him on Gronkowski. If Possibly. I mean, after Gordon what, is after inactive. What, uh, after what Jalen Ramsey. Dude, Dude, it's a Gronk, Gronk man. Yeah, maybe you put a I corner mean, on geez, him. Jeez, Louise. Maybe that's the. Uh, maybe that's. A yeah, thing. not a good, not a good start if you're a, a a fan of the Patriots and if you have any of their players, unless it's James White, I guess. James White is still doing pretty well. Yeah, I mean he had a touchdown, so that that certainly helps. That saved the stat line. It did. Um, other thing we think we know, we kind of talked about this. Yeah. Dak Prescott, you Goodbye. can you can drop him. See you, pal. That's it. Uh, let's move on. Things that we still have no idea about. Is Tom Brady going to be okay? 
<laughs> I mean, like, like I, look, I, I was the guy who came into this. Marcus season. sounded like a concerned friend there. I mean, it's Tom. Where are you going to be? Really? Tom, are you? Tom, you all right? You're right, buddy. Annie, are you okay? Can, Can I you tell you us some that you're okay? ice cream? Um, I came into the season saying that you know. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was like a hot take that we did. It might have been one of our hot take shows in the uh, in the off season. I said, you know, Tom Brady might not be a top twenty quarterback this year, and you know that ended up on Twitter. And you can imagine the response that I got to that on sure. Twitter. Um, I had to just not look at my mentions for about twenty four hours. <laughs> um, but it, you know, one, he's forty one years old, and father time comes for all of us. Um, except Frank Gore. Except for Frank Gore. Um, the other thing is, like, the receivers, the, you know, they went through a lot of guys in the offseason. I mean, I know they're waiting on Julian Edelman, and they're possibly going to have Josh Gordon, but, you know, they went through, what, Kenny Britt, uh, Malcolm Mitchell, uh, Eric Decker. I mean, they went through a lot of guys that they couldn't quite get to fill these slots. Philip Dorsett has been up and down. He had the one good week. Other than that, he hasn't really done much. Uh, you know, Gronk is kind of getting locked up the last couple of weeks. Teams have, are trying to figure out how to defend him a little bit better. Mm-hmm. There are serious questions in this offense right now. And look, I know I, I, I tweeted this out on Sunday night, right? Like they're losing and I, and I tweeted kind of sarcastically like, OK, are we really doing the is this it for the Patriots takes again this year? Because we do this in September. And then by the time we get to like, you know, Halloween, it's like, oh, yeah, the Patriots have won like, you know, six in a row and they're the best team in the AFC. But this is the year that maybe maybe things aren't quite right with this group. Well, I would actually argue it's a good time to buy low on Tom Brady because he's going to get Edelman back. He's going to get Josh Gordon in the mix. And clearly the Patriots, they knew they needed some help in that passing game because they took a chance on a guy who's been very troubled in terms of his off-field issues uh, over the past couple of seasons, a guy who's basically been on hold for five years while he was in Cleveland. And I still believe in Brady. I, I, I do. He's the QB 21 right now. We are, we're through three weeks uh, heading into the Monday night game. He's the QB 21. I get it. It's not good. I get it. He stunk against the Lions. Didn't give you eight fantasy points. But I do believe that things can't get worse and they will get better. And if my computer would work, I would give you the schedule that the Patriots have upcoming. But it's frozen right now. So <laughs> I can't actually do that. I will tell you this. That when the chips are down, I think Tom Brady is going to pick that team up, and it happens all the time. And I get it; he's 41 years old, and whatever. He was 40 last year. It's not like he's aged that much over the past yeah. few months. I still believe in him. And if I was in need of a quarterback, and someone was tired of Tom Brady and wanted to sell low, uh, buy low on him, I would absolutely do that because I still believe in this offense. And I think this offense is going to do nothing but get better as we get deeper into the so, season because they're going to get their weapons back. The schedule, So the schedule lays out pretty well for them. Right. right. They got the Dolphins. Right. Their next three games are all at home. Dolphins, Colts, Chiefs. Um, you know, they go on the road to, to see the Bears. It's going to be tough. Chiefs, then they go, then they go oh. to the Bills, which should be, you know, I, I still think that that should be a decent game. So the schedule kind of lays out for them. So I'm going to, but I, I will play devil's advocate here about, mm-hmm. about the Patriots. Mm-hmm. One. Josh Gordon. You mentioned uh, Josh Gordon has played. A- oh, dude, it's a risk and a half. Right. So he's, he's played what, like uh, just a handful of games since that huge season he had uh, yep. a few years ago. Uh, I think you can almost count on two hands the number of games he's played mm-hmm. since then. Uh, Julian Edelman has not played an actual real live football game uh, since what? The Super Bowl when they beat the Falcons. Uh, so two seasons ago, because he missed all of last year mm-hmm. uh, with a knee injury and uh, has missed, will miss the first four games this year. So it's been a while since he's played. On top of that, I mean, Julian Edelman is, what, he's 32 years old, which I know it's not quite the same for receivers as it is for running backs, but he's still getting up there a little bit in age. 
um, you know, we mentioned Josh Gordon. We mentioned the fact that uh, you know Brady is 41 years old, and, and with quarterbacks, we've seen it's not usually a gradual decline. It falls off. It falls apart at once. I mean, ask Peyton Manning. It just fell apart all at once. Uh, as Brett Favre, it fell apart kind of all at once. So it's never like, hey, Brady's starting to fall off. Like it may just go. Uh, it may just just go to hell quickly. So uh, you know, a lot of Jets fans are are definitely hoping that's the case. And here's the thing. It's funny because at this point, because Jets fans have been hoping this for like almost two Forever. decades now, right? And I remember talking to a noted Jets fan and uh, around the NFL hero, Dan Hanses, who uh, stopped by this podcast. And this is the point that they have been wishing for this so long that even Dan Hanses, who is as diehard a Jets fan as there is, has kind of given up on hoping. Like He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, it'll happen one day. He's like, I'm st- I'm not predicting it anymore because, you know, it just it just can't. But I think every fan base in the AFC East that's not the Patriots, I mean, they're going to throw the biggest party when Tom Brady finally retires. I'm going to say this, by the way, rest of the AFC East. You know, OK, look. Yes, what Belichick and what the Patriots have done as a as an organization and you know, Tom Brady's success, that is to be respected and admired. But the rest of the AFC East, you need to take a hard look at yourselves in the mirror, okay? <laughs> you have enabled this for the better part of two decades. You're going to tell me that in the, part, in the better part of two decades, since the early 2000s, not a single one of you three teams could find a way to be representative at all. You couldn't find a way to build competent rosters for an extended period. Yes, I know what. The, the Jets got to a couple of AFC championship games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they brought Matt Castle off the bench, and he went, what, 10-6 and six that year? Yeah, yeah, they missed the playoffs, but he went 10-6. But he went 10-6. and six. Like, the rest of the AFC— Was it 10-6 and six or 11-5? and five? It was I might have been 11-5, but whatever it was. I mean, like, the rest of the division, you bear some responsibility in this, okay? So, yes, credit, credit the Patriots. Praise the Patriots for what they've done. But there's some responsibility to be had. And Jets, Dolphins, Bills, I'm looking at you. You need to own up to some of this. All right. Maybe you should have done a pep talk to that franchises. Maybe things would have turned out differently. <laughs> that's I like when Marcus is fired up. Man, that's enough of that one. Um, Elsewhere, things that we have no idea about. I have no idea whether or not Mike McCoy has been actually physically introduced to David. I don't either. I don't get it. I was watching the game yesterday. Late in the game, and Chase Edmonds is in the game. Third and two, and you first down. what are you doing? You, you got David freaking Johnson in there, man. What are you doing? Uh, dude, I don't know, man. Mike McCoy's smarter than that. He's, Chase, he's Chase Edmonds, really? David Johnson, get him in the game, man. Unless he had some sort of, you know, like equipment malfunction. There's no way David Johnson shouldn't be in the game. The saving grace was that he actually found the end zone. But yeah. he's still not getting enough touches in this offense. And Marcus, this game was close. Yeah. It was close. We all thought it was going to be a game script issue where they were going to get blown well, out. And it wasn't. Well, that wasn't the case. The other way around, actually. They had a 14 nothing lead yeah, dude. in that game. They they threw a touchdown pass because for the one of the few times this year, David Johnson actually ran a vertical pass route. And he threw it, I think it was, ended up being like a 20-yard uh, twenty yard touchdown, something like that. So he ran a vertical route like we saw him do in his big season a couple of years ago. And we thought, oh, maybe they figured it out. But then you look at his rushing chart on, on Next Gen Stats, and it's basically him just being plowed up the middle over right. and over again yep. and not getting anything out of it. And he had, wait, I think he had uh, 60 total yards, basically, on like you know, 15, 16 touches. And if, that, if that's sense. the best we're going to get with David Johnson, then he's going to end up being one of the biggest busts in fantasy football. And it has nothing to do with his skills and abilities. It has everything to do with what they're doing in this offense and what they're not doing. And what they're not doing is giving him the damn football. Now we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen with Josh Rosen. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, because at some point you would think maybe it's this week. I don't know. 
Sam Bradford's done, man. He's done. I, I just done. Well, first off, was in the chance. Um, first off, bad on you, uh, Arizona, whether it's Steve Wilkes or Mike McCoy, whomever it was. Bad on you for turning to Josh Rosen. Like, hey, kid, uh, yeah, go win like, us this game. We got like four minutes left against one of the fiercest defenses in the league so far. Uh, can you go out and uh, and do something for us? Like, yeah, not cool. Like, come on, guys. Like, give the kid a better chance than that. First yep. of all, yep. Um, so they, they set him up for failure with bad play calling and bad situational awareness. So mm-hmm. we'll see how long it it is because I, I think you're you're right. Sooner rather than later, we will see Josh Rosen play. Hopefully, it's sooner. Um, can we trust the Eagles' offense? I don't know. I really don't know. So I went into that game yesterday. I liked Corey Clement, and he didn't do anything. It was Wendell Smallwood. Nelson Aguilar, who I like, really put up a stinker. I mean, you know, Dallas Goddard had a huge game, and I don't know that you can trust him. I mean, maybe he's a pickup off the waiver wire. Maybe he's not, but you got Zach Ertz in the mix there, too. I think Carson Wentz is going to need a week or two maybe to knock off a little bit of the rust. Hasn't played in a while uh, in, in a real football game that matters. But also keep in mind, you know, they don't have Alshon Jeffrey. I think at some point this offense will be fine. Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles were both out. Looks like they're going to be back this week. So you can get Ajayi potentially back into your lineup. I think this offense will be fine. You're missing some key components here. I mean, their number two wide receiver is who right now? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. So I, I think things will get better. Wentz will get better. No question about that. Uh, this week, they have a matchup against a really tough Titans defense. So maybe you're going to be fading Wentz this week. We'll see what happens. We'll look at the numbers uh, and let you know on Thursday. But I think things will be better. This was just one of those weeks with all the absences that they had and Wentz coming back in his first game since last year. Uh, it, it didn't. It didn't pan out from a fantasy perspective. One thing he did a lot of. Speaking of wins, he targeted. He targeted his tight ends a ton, a lot in this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Zach Ertz. That's not a surprise. But the fact that Dallas Goddard uh, had seven targets, seven targets, seven catches for seventy-three yards and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard got into the action. Josh Perkins uh, had four targets in this one. I mean, there were. There were a lot of of tight end targets, and it was it was a while before any of the wide receivers got into the into the action. I mean, Nelson Aguilar four catches for twenty four yards. Jordan Matthews, who just got re signed earlier in the week, had two catches for twenty one yards. So yeah, maybe maybe this is better. Maybe it's you know a combination of him coming back. Maybe it was a little bit of the weather situation. Like mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but uh, that that caught me by the, the Eagles had two tight ends uh, in the top five in terms of targets at that position. Yeah. This I mean, week. Kind of amazing. Heading into Monday night. Kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last thing that we still don't really have any idea about is who is the lead running back in Green Bay? I mean, Aaron Jones came back. We figured, okay, it's going to be a little bit of a committee with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Um, what I didn't see coming was that Ty Montgomery had a bunch of catches. About, had a bunch of catches. He got about 30% of the running back snaps. I mean, you know, it was... I won't say split evenly. Jamal Williams had 28. Uh, Montgomery had 19. Aaron Jones had 16. Uh, I mean, look, it was going to be hard enough to determine between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. If Tymont is in here, man, I, I just yeah, don't know. Could be a committee. And I still think Aaron Jones is the most talented running back in that backfield. And if he can improve on pass protection, I do believe at some point, he'll be the leader of this backfield. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be a featured back. I don't know that you'll find a featured back in Green Bay. Mike McCarthy's talked about Jamal Williams and who he likes him. And Ty Montgomery is clearly having a role in this offense as a pass catcher. So 
Uh, I still think Jones needs to be added and sort of stashed and kind of see what happens moving forward. But after three weeks, we have no clarity whatsoever about what's going on in Green Bay. And it's too bad, too, because, you know, this week they've got the Bills and it's a good matchup. Right. You just who don't know who to start? start. You just don't know. You just have no idea. So that's one uh, we're keeping an eye on. So through three weeks, we know that we know nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the Vikings getting <laughs> whacked by the Bills on their home field. I mean, that basically confirms that a lot of us don't know much, but that's the NFL. I mean, I tweeted it. And that's why it's fun. I tweeted it. Week three. Browns win. Bills win. Lions have a 100-yard rusher. This was just, mm-hmm. it was bizarro. It was bizarro week. It was bizarro week. Yep, and there'll be more to come. Football season is underway because, you know, I mean, that's why we're talking about all this stuff. I'm sure a lot of us already have some major regrets about our season-long fantasy teams. I mean, it's like you spend all off-season researching and getting excited for the season, and then comes the pain. That's why you should be playing on FanDuel this season. At FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week. Every week's a new season, so regardless of the outcome, you get to do it all over again. FanDuel's never been more fun or easy. It's the place to play if you're not a fantasy expert. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before, like their Gridiron Pick'em contest every week. It's a free contest, and all you need to do is pick winners. No spreads, and $10,000 is split amongst the top pickers. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. So come play at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. That's FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. All right, it is Monday. Which means uh, tomorrow is Tuesday, which means you should be getting in your waiver wire claims because yep. then there's Wednesday when those waivers, uh, you know, they generate and you figure out who you have. So uh, we've got a pretty solid list a uh, lot. Of, of guys here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple. I mean, one, Calvin Ridley, right? Like, I had questions about him. Like, I wasn't completely sure. He didn't really do much in the preseason, but it's time. Yeah, it's dude. Time. It, it, I mean, it's definitely time. He needs to be owned in all leagues, and we probably missed – his best performance of the season. Right. Because I would be shocked if he has this again, three touchdown game, but he's someone who needs to be owned in a lot of leagues. He wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues. So uh, right now his ownership percentage is low. It will certainly rise. And and you know, Marcus, we have a lot of wide receivers, a lot of wide wide receivers. And I'm looking through ownership percentages and even guys that we've seen sort of like the beginnings of a good season, maybe a breakout season. Tyler Boyd's not owned in as many leagues as he should be. Neither is Mike Williams. Geronimo Allison needs to be owned in all leagues. And guys, don't be afraid to drop name players. Okay. I get it. Robbie Anderson was good last season, and I really liked him coming into this season. Sam Darnold doesn't throw the ball downfield. He doesn't. And Robbie Anderson makes his hay in the vertical passing game. You can dump him, okay? There are other pla- Any of the Cowboys wide receivers, you holding out hope? Forget about it, okay? It's nice to be optimistic. I'm being realistic. You could drop any of those guys. Michael Gallup, Alan Hearns, doesn't matter. Go out and get these players. They should not be owned in fewer than 50% of leagues. They should actually be owned in closer to 80 or 90% of leagues. So again, it's Calvin Ridley, Geronimo Allison, Tyler Boyd, Mike Williams, and even John Brown. Yeah. Even I, John Brown. I mean, John Brown's been a better PPR wide receiver than, than Michael Crabtree. John so Brown far. has been the best receiver in Baltimore yeah. the first few weeks. And he's not owned in enough leagues. Let's also, let, let's, let's stop the, t- the uh, John Ross hype. Like, okay, he's fast. I get it. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Fast doesn't mean anything. Like he's fast. That's Fast doesn't mean anything, man, unless you got something behind it like Chris Johnson did. Uh, Mike Williams, who I'm surprised he's still out there because I feel like we, yeah, I, I feel you know like we what? hyped this guy in the preseason. I know, dude. I loved him. And a lot of us did, especially, you know, with that unfortunate injury to Hunter Henry. You're thinking, oh, this guy is going to see a lot of red zone opportunities. And mm-hmm. he has been every bit as good. 
the, the Keenan Allen. And this is the duo here and the and the Chargers are throwing the football all over the all over the place. Right. So right now, I mean, you're looking at a very low ownership percentage. If Mike Williams is out there and he's not out there in a lot of competitive leagues, but if he's out there, guys, and you're having fun with your friends, please pick him up. All right. So you got a couple quarterbacks here. Josh Allen, you know, we talked about Baker Mayfield. You're not digging him out. Okay. Um Ryan Tannehill. I know, it's crazy, right? Like he like this thing, I can't deny the fact that he's been pretty good the first few weeks of the season, but like I just look at him like Ryan Tannehill. I know. It's like out of sight, out of mind, right? I mean he didn't he didn't get on the field last season, was banged up. But I mean, right now you're looking at a guy who's giving you 17, 21, and 32. Right. I mean I mean, dude, that's good. It is good. That's really good. So Tannehill is someone and you never know. I mean, the Patriots, they should be mad, but their defense has played lousy. Uh, after week one, but this is this is at the very least uh, a guy who in super flex leagues and two QB leagues needs to be added if he wasn't already. I think we've already talked about Baker Mayfield. Go and get him if you need a quarterback. I get it; he's a rookie, but hell, it's just going to even be fun to have Baker Mayfield in your starting lineup. And that Browns offense has a lot of talent. Moving on to the running back position, we talked about Aaron Jones. Uh, Jalen Richard is getting enough targets where he's in the PPR mix, uh, a guy who the Raiders are utilizing as a pass catcher. So he's in the mix. And so here's one for you. I don't know what's going on with LaShawn McCoy. It's too early in the week to know. But in one game, Chris Ivory outscored LaShawn McCoy's two game output. OK, yeah, that was and wild. You remember that? Like, so like we yeah, were like we were carries. actually here yesterday doing the Sunday show and we were doing fantasy insurance. And I said, listen, you know, I get it. Chris Ivory's not great insurance. OK. But he's going to get touches, so go ahead and pick him up if you're desperate. I was wrong. I, well, I, Even I, if you weren't desperate, you should have picked uh, him up and played I actually tweeted that clip to him before the game, and he was like, oh, that's how it is. So, he, yeah, he, hey, he had some extra money. If all it takes for fantasy players to start putting up numbers is for them to watch videos of me crapping on them, <laughs> let's start recording right now. Uh, I'll, I'll do it. Where's David John? Where's Mike McCoy? All right. like, David Johnson's not the problem. It's Mike. I know. I, heck, let, let, let me at him, man. Let me at him because there's plenty of these guys out there that are not producing. Some of it's their own fault. Some of it's not. Right. Uh, so we get plenty of waiver wire stuff at NFL.com. Uh, uh, Graham Barfield, uh, who recently. Graham did, Barfield. And who's going to be on the podcast. Soon. We're going to get Graham in here. I promise you. Uh, but he does a lot of waiver wire stuff. So he's got his waiver wire column that came out on Sunday night. He's also doing a deep dive with players to drop. So it's a whole suite if you will, of, uh, of fantasy waiver wire goodness. So go check him out uh, at NFL.com. Uh, before we get out of here, it is uh, Monday. It's time for more Monday moaning. Uh, we've got plenty of tweets uh, on the hashtag. Did you, were you able to pull a few there? I, I was. Okay. Got quite a bit. Okay. Um, we'll start here with at uh, Cantuj2021. I started Nelson Aguilar instead of uh, Calvin Ridley. Hashtag Monday moaning. Yeah, there were a lot of, and I knew it was going to come, like a lot of Calvin Ridley-themed tweets. There yep. was a lot, yeah. Well, because, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, Aguilar's been so hot. Right, and, sure. so, and, and you know, who saw who saw a three-touchdown game coming from Calvin Ridley? Right? That's the thing I always Not tell me. people who complain about stuff. Unless you're in a 14-16 team league or you have a four-wide receiver and a flex, like, right. you can't get mad at you yourself. Didn't, you you're not going to know. You and also keep in mind, too, like, we're all looking at the same numbers. Right. We're all looking at the same matchups. No matter where you go, we're all looking at, at the same sort of statistics and trends and data. Hey, guys, sometimes it yeah. pans out. Sometimes it doesn't. And when Calvin Ridley comes out of nowhere to score three touchdowns and you start Nelson Aguilar ahead of him, who has been great for all intents and purposes in PBR leagues. Heck, man. I mean, you just got to kind of laugh it off and say if, that's football. If we 
if we all knew all the things all the time. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be, be fun. It wouldn't be fun, man. So, yeah. Um, we have uh, at Teasum. I dropped Adrian Peterson, who was in my starting lineup, so I could pick up and start Latavius Murray. Gah! I wouldn't so have now, dropped AP. Yeah, I, I would have started Murray over him, but I wouldn't have dropped AP. I would, in fact, I would have, like, I mean, I've been advocating to trying to trade him, like trying to see if you could sell high on him. Yep. So, like, but I just wouldn't have. I wouldn't have just dropped him. Ooh, I would have tried to get something. At Dylan Hummel 8, I shouldn't have dropped Chris Carson Sunday morning. Again, uh, a guy you shouldn't have been dropping. I mean, I get yeah. it. His first two weeks were bad. But I mean, finally, Pete Carroll gives him enough touches where he's carries. relevant. Like, what is that? How do you get 30 carries all of a sudden? Where did that come from? Boy, that Rashad Penny first round pick. Yeah, that's uh, look so good right now. Seattle Seahawks and uh, a lot of them, like like you said, Marcus. A lot of them uh, revolve around Calvin Ridley or Latavius mm-hmm. Murray. So I think we can. End with, this one's pretty funny and the theme of the show uh, at Skid Pants, which is some <laughs> handle. Skid Pants, uh, huh? This oh, one's pretty. I okay. thought this one's pretty funny. I started David Johnson, and it's 2018. Oh, oh, this is, where, this is where we are now. Yeah, it's it's the truth. This is where we are now with yeah. David Johnson. I'm man. one of those guys too. So, <sighs> yeah, you know, funny. I was uh, I was wavering. I got a lot of questions about David Johnson, and I was like wavering. Like, do I tell people to sit him? Do I tell people just to kind of like ride it out? Um, if you yeah. sat him, I, I don't know. He he ended up. He was okay. He, he wasn't great. Right. Like, he he not, wasn't great. He has not been worthy of the top four pick you probably spent on. Yeah, and he went number one or two in a lot of leagues. A lot of leagues. So, yeah. That's Unfortunately, that's fantasy football for you. And Indeed. hopefully things will get better uh, this week when the uh, Arizona Cardinals go up against the Seattle Seahawks. So mm. uh, if you want to whine and complain about what you did wrong in week three, feel free to hit us up at Twitter. Yeah, uh, dude, we'll Twitter. listen. We'll uh, offer a tissue. Use the hashtag Monday Moaning, and, uh, you know, I'll try to retweet some of the ones that I, I think are really, really cool. But uh, in the meantime, that'll do it for us. We'll be back again later on in the week. Always remember, if they called them sad meals, kids wouldn't want them. We'll see you on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.